150 miles an hour and like dude you have to hold on because you're literally like yeah you're going a, like cutting across the waves so you're fucking dude it is crazy too how much faster 40 miles an hour feels, feels on the yeah. water than like yeah. in a car dude you would like you would have thought you were going 80 yeah like, i wonder if that has to do with the fact that that we're in a car all the time so we just are numb to it I mean, do you think yeah, it's... probably that. I mean, if we were, if we were strapped on the luggage rack on top of a car, it would probably feel a lot. Faster. Yeah, that's <laughs> very true. <laughs> Being like, feel more like a boat. I mean, I guess yeah. When you're like a convertible, or even just having the windows down, it feels that much more fucking. Uh, yeah, yeah. Boats like another nice. level though. Yeah. All right. So three, two, one. Welcome back to Bedside Conies. This is now episode five. Well. 5.5. Mm-hmm. Um, we now welcome on our world-renowned e-signature salesman, the self-proclaimed weasel, <laughs> Alexander Shooter. How's it going, guy? Happy to be here. It's been a grand total of about 48 hours since I last appeared on the pod. I was literally so. having a note, you're the first recurring guest. Yeah, I hope, hope uh, the audience hasn't missed me too much. <laughs> other than other than Max and I, you're the first person that has That appeared. is quite an honor. It, yeah. You should be like PMT in uh, print shirts. <laughs> yeah, do guests. the uh, yeah, recurring guests. Um, really quick, thanks everybody for listening. Again, like and subscribe on Spotify and Apple. I've mentioned this, but I help us push the pod i keep posting i actually think we did get a good uh good feedback from the bonus episode that we put out that was a quick turnaround too mm. we recorded that on saturday night sent it to max like sunday at like eight in the morning and he had it out by like one dude shout out to max he's he's rivaling jamie from rogan <laughs> yes. producer of the year right now producer of the year yeah that outro was fucking sick um but yeah putting it up every thursday morning at 7 a.m eastern 6 a.m central um, but I'm going to keep posting on social media. Tell your friends, people haven't listened and keep giving us feedback. Lastly, Q and a on Spotify. So far we've had a couple people, which we're trying to figure out. Apparently there's a limit on the characters that you can do. <laughs> there's a Q and a on Spotify. Yeah. I mentioned this in the last episode. So what we're doing is we're going to post the unanswerable question on there and you can actually go in. So if you click into the episode, you can go in and just type out like if you have an answer. Mm-hmm. Problem is with the character limit is these are obviously unanswerable questions, mm-hmm. so people want to overexplain. Which to that point, Harry sent me this super long answer to last week's, which I appreciate this because he was on the other side of what we thought. So last week's was: Would the world be relatively better with more or fewer countries? I think Tina, Max, and I agreed that it would be better with more for like competition and innovation for the most part. Now you can chime in here too, but this is, I'm going to read this off. It's kind of long. So from Harry, shout out Harry. He says fewer because war and economic disputes, for example, tariffs and sanctions are a result of no true international law, which means no commonly agreed upon rules. The UN is a result of one major influence, Western, not common agreement and also holds little means of enforcement, see Russia, Ukraine, versus countries have laws, courts to uphold them, and ways to enforce them. Did he Google that, or was that stream of thought? Like, Dude, that, I mean, was, he, that was a pretty well-thought-out response. He texted like, me this. This is, this is, that was one bullet point. He has five. <laughs> Lack of true international law creates tons of conflict, whether it be war or economic, because rather than settling in court, it's just a dick-swinging contest, and whoever has the most power wins, i.e. the United States for the past 70 years. This dick-swinging contest, wars, sanctions, embargoes, etc., create a ton of value loss with trades, relations, and innovation. So this this could not all be captured on Spotify Q&A. No, exactly. I mean, I wonder if you can even up it, but... Worst comes to worst, you guys can always just send I mean, us. Harry, uh, Harry understood the homework assignment. He went ahead and wrote out a five-paragraph essay for you. <laughs> exactly. On, on international law. I wonder if he chat GPT'd this. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, so rather than working together, it's always working against each other. Fewer countries equals less disputes between countries. That's a statement of fact, which equals value gain in the economy, tech, standard of living. Now, this part I actually do agree with. Hundreds of years ago, the world was city-states at constant war. Sorry, hundreds of years ago, the world was city-states at constant war. Since then, there's been major consolidation, and every quality of life measure has drastically risen. Valid point. 
The only big counter argument I see is cultural differences with it, which is totally fair, but there's plenty of cultural differences within states, LA versus Texas, that get managed well enough to do the job. That's the part that I think I was counter-arguing was like, it doesn't make sense to govern everyone in the U.S. the exact same way because it's mm. so fucking different. That's why you have local governments. Exactly. But that, yeah, again, like more people are like, give the power to the states, give the power to counties, cities, that kind of thing. Mm. Versus like, why is there this dumbass 88-year-old man who has dementia sitting yeah. in Washington, D.C. <clears throat> trying to figure out how to govern people? Mm. All in all. Appreciate the the feedback. I always appreciate people that are uh, that are on the other side of the spectrum. Um, but let's quickly go into. So, do you want to tell the story of how we first met? Actually, before we do this, what's your skyline order? What's my skyline order? Yeah, well, it depends. Am I in Cincinnati or am I in Columbus? Oh, I let's hear both. So in Columbus, I'll start with that. Yeah. Um, in Columbus, it was a tradition for myself. Adam, who was brought up on last week's pod, um, and our good friend Allie Reno from college as well. Shout out to Allie. What's up, Allie? We would always go to uh, Skyline for brunch on Sundays right when they opened at like 11 or 11.30. Quote, unquote, brunch. I'm making air quotes, brunch. Um, (laughs) It was just like the hungover meal of choice, like late Sunday morning we'd go there. And in Columbus, that's actually a test market for a lot of restaurants. Probably like new menu items, things like that. So Skyline up there, they actually have a twist on the three-way. Obviously, the classic is just spaghetti, chili, and cheese. Columbus Markets, they actually offer a mac and cheese three-way. Um, so so instead do, of spaghetti noodles, it's macaroni yeah. noodles with chili and cheese. Do they do like melted cheese in the macaroni yes. and then do the fluffy then, cheese? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that sounds yeah. like So it'll stop you up. It'll stop. <laughs> yeah, you're not... You're not having a BM for a couple days after that. Dude, but. I was actually just talking to Max about this. That's the best part about Skyline is the chili is basically a laxative, but the cheese yeah, is kind of counteracts. So it's it really yeah. you feel totally fine after. Regardless, if I'm in Columbus, it's a mac and cheese three way, two chili two chili cheese conies, no onion, and an order of chili cheese fries for the table. And when I say for the table, nobody ends up picking at them. I have like a couple and then I just send them back. Their chili cheese fries aren't very good, objectively. Dude, yeah, the, the fries are always... They're also crispy. They're uh, crinkle cut fries. I fucking hate no, crinkle cut not fries. Not in Columbus. Really? Yeah, I don't... I, well, I see I've never had chili cheese fries in, in Cincinnati. Maybe I'm misquoting that. I swear I think they're crinkle cut fries. What are they in Columbus? They're straight cut. Pretty thin. Um, kind of like steak and shake or not similar, that thin? Yeah, not that thin. No, that not like cool pure with. shoestring, but... Um, when I'm in Cincinnati though, I, I just keep it simple. I'm normally just going by myself. Like I'm back home in Hamilton for a holiday. Yeah. Like I'm going for lunch in the middle of the work day or something. I'll just go, um, small three way chili cheese coney, two chili cheese conies, no onion. So you and I just load, load everything up with hot sauce because they're hot sauce in the, in the special skyline bottles. We all know what type of bottle we're talking about there. The plastic bottle, yeah. um, is next level. Is that their own concoction? It is. It is their own hot sauce. Yeah, I was going to say. Because didn't they... There was something a couple of years ago where they changed... I don't know that they ever it changed made... changed the oyster crackers. Yeah, they never that. made their own oyster crackers, but they like... Started buying from a new bakery. And it, yeah. they're not that great anymore. Well, you, you get used to it, though. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, you can't even notice anymore. But, but I mean, a whole other subject of conversation is your fucking obsession with hot sauce. You have literally <laughs> like a rock solid stomach. It's one of the most fascinating things. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the amateur collector of hot sauce probably got a dozen of them at home. You literally, but, you're like one of those people. When we went to the barbecue restaurant on Saturday, like I can't trust your opinion on like. If you say something's not that hot, I'm still like, no, I'm not yeah, gonna eat that. That's <laughs> like, fair. I run into that often. With Megan too, like if we're yeah. out, you know, out at dinner or something, I'll I'll be eating something. She's it's like, can I, have, can I have a bite of that? I'm like, yeah, it's not that spicy, and then it <laughs> lights her up immediately. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's you got to take that with a grain of salt whenever you're asking my opinion on something like that. That's but, fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you want to explain how we first met, and then? I mean, this could go on for hours, but try to keep it quick. I'll try and jump. I'll try not to jump in as much as I can, but. You tell this story all the time because I don't actually fully remember the YMCA part. But yeah. After that, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So when we first met, and it was never really like a formal meeting. No, it yeah. was more just. I mean, when you grew actually, up. Actually, it, 
a meeting isn't really the right word at all. It was pure competition between you and I. <laughs> um, so we're going way back here because we've known each other forever. But going back, I think it had to probably be first grade. Um, it's a good, really. Hamilton Westside YMCA Basketball League. Um, Het and I were on opposing teams. I don't know how many teams were in that league. Probably Five or six. Pro- yeah, probably not a big league. <laughs> but looking back, I like to think that you and I were like the Magic and Larry Bird of that of that rec league. Um, who, who's who? This is a real question. It's a good question. Who has more moment? But, um, <laughs> but, but we, uh, yeah, I mean, we used to have some head-to-head battles. Um, probably played each other a couple times a year maybe. And I just remember... We would get physical. We'd be throwing elbows at each other. I remember you wore this like stupid headband. I had a white Nike headband. Yeah, I was. And I would, dude. I would hit myself out with sweatbands, yeah. headbands. I definitely, I definitely wore like armbands. I remember oh, yeah. that. I don't think I ever was a headband kid, but you had this headband that was super thick, and you had your little peanut head, and I was like, I can't stand this kid because <laughs> like. You like we were just dogging each other like that. This was not a competitive league whatsoever. So we would just take it personal with one another, and it's it's funny because you were basically my arch nemesis in that league. Yeah. And then I kind of forgot about it. we we weren't really friends in elementary school, and then yeah. you know we end up on the same little league team years later when we were what ten or something like that. Yeah. And then the rest was history. Once we were teammates, we became you know really good friends, and it's funny now looking back because. Anytime I talk to my grandma, I was back home in Hamilton. Um, mind you, my grandma has Alzheimer's. And so, you know, yeah. every conversation I have with her, like, there's a little bit more slipping and slipping. But every conversation I have with her now on the phone, um, she asked me about you. She's like, well, what was that kid's name again that you used to play against in basketball? I'm like, I just yeah, have a, Andrew. such a punchable and, face yep, that and, she'll never forget. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's Andrew. And she's like, I would have never believed it if you would have told me back then that you two would grow up to be just the best of friends. And I was like, yeah, I probably wouldn't have believed that either because I hated that kid's guts when we were <laughs> when we were little. So it's all come full circle now. Here we are, you know, what, 20 years later probably, damn near. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think about was like my first real like, I don't know, your first real memories as like a child are probably between like four and five usually, right? Like, I can kind of yeah, remember, like, right. turning five, which I think is, like, preschool, kindergarten. But, yeah, I, I do, like, have recollections of playing that league, and I specifically remember a picture of me wearing the headband <laughs> and just being like, God, I was such a punk little bitch. Yeah. That's, that's like, the image that's in my head. It's yeah. The, it's, it was the headband that, like, that is hard hard to let that memory go. Just, like, um, imagine, too, I'm, I'm not a big guy now either, but I was, like, Dinky, super mm. skinny, really short, blonde as could be. So like anyone that didn't know me was just like, that kid is a little bitch. He's <laughs> going to grow up to be. And on top of it, mom, I hope you're not listening to this, but my mom's a Karen. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you know, everyone was just like, fuck this family. They are so annoying. <laughs> yeah, I remember my dad got on me after one of the games because I kept throwing elbows at you. I was like... <sighs> What, what happens in between the lines stays yeah. in between the lines. I mean, Dude, you know what's funny, too, is we were actually talking. I don't, I'm sure you like were in this conversation, but this weekend we were with Mark Mouse, and he was talking about the story of... Because we couldn't remember if like Matt and Drew coached all of us or not. Because we were like, wait. They were you, constantly in and out. Yeah. But I couldn't it was remember... like whenever Drew was in town. Yeah. But did... You played with Corey, right? Corey yeah. was 12. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. That's what Matt was talking about. He was like, wait, when was the year that you actually, like, got called up? Because then they were talking about the kid that, like, we didn't cut him, but, like, he Mark, quit. Mark yeah. basically, like, yeah, made him quit. Apparently. No, that was the story was the reason Mark <laughs> Mark drafted him was because he thought he had a hot mom. Yeah, and he and never, mom showed never showed up. up. Yeah. <laughs> he never showed up. He's he like, what's the point of having this kid on the team? Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> and then I just made the comment. I'm like... You know, this needs to be talked about, but Mark Mouse might be one of the hornier guys I've ever met in my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, openly really horny dude. <laughs> oh, but anyways, yeah. People forget, too, that we've never gone to school together. That is, like, always yeah. so mind-blowing. To or lived together, for that Or lived together. Yeah. Both would have been Opportunities have arisen, and I think it was probably for the best for both of us yeah. that we haven't. And we've been over this a million times. The reason being is that because you and I are both such yes-men. Yeah. 
I will say, I think probably within the last year or so, I have strayed a little bit away from that. Oh, I'm I'm fading off of yeah. this man territory hard. Yeah. Like I think the older, older you get, the more yeah. yeah. I mean, it used to be like you could hit me up any day of the week and be like, yeah. want to get drinks on like Tuesday. Oh, dude, when yeah. you you would talk yeah. about like right after Paycom when you were working at Clarna, you were like, dude, I go out. Like we were four going days a week. Dude, we were going out all the time. That's crazy. That was more a product of. That was a, a, a much younger like workforce. Yeah. Like everyone that I worked with was in their twenties. We were in the office five days a week, which you won't see in COVID anymore. I think the the days of that stuff are, are starting to fade yeah. as well. Like getting drinks and socializing with coworkers that often. I mean, we were going out after most days in the That's office. crazy, dude. Um, yeah, I mean think about like DocuSign now too, like just the, the people that we work with. That was actually one of the reasons I was excited to start there. It's like, oh, I'll probably end Same. up like hanging yeah, out I mean, with we were, a lot of these I was people. moving to a new city. I was like, hey, this this will be this a is cool how you make friends. And, yeah, yeah. And then that never can't. I mean, I don't really hang out with anybody that we work with. Yeah, like definitely a couple people, you know, sporadically. But they're fun to hang out with. Yeah, it's yeah. more just like, yo, I like have my friends. It's, mm-hmm. You have your friends. It's fine. Yeah, there's no reason to. Yeah, that's kind of more the the standard today. I feel like there definitely used to be a lot more like socialization and yeah stuff. Within you don't feel like but. you have to. Your work doesn't have to be your entire social life. Yeah. So it's kind which of is nice. which is a good thing. Yes, yeah. completely agree. Yeah. It's way more healthy. But yeah. all in all, yeah. So back to that. I mean, that's kind of where I wanted to go with this. Was obviously you guys heard us chat from Saturday night on Sunday morning, afternoon, whatever you listened. Shooter and I were in Kansas City this weekend. Um, which, speaking of being yes men, we were total yes men two Sundays ago yeah. when literally game ended. You looked at me and were like, we're going to Kansas City. And I was like, <laughs> done. Let's do it. Bye, now, we, we had kind of brought that up a few weeks prior. Um, going to KC? Yeah, I think you brought it up originally. It was way more just like feeling it out. Yeah. like testing who, who would say yes? Yeah, and yeah. yeah, you said something about it to me and I was like, yeah, I probably would. But at the time too, in this... I think we said this on the last episode, but like, we certainly thought that it was like less than eight hours. We did not. I, in my head, I was sure that it was going to be. I was like six. Yeah. It's six. That's one hour more than Cincy. It's easy. Yeah. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't bad. It really wasn't, no. But, I mean, yeah, it was obviously, end result sucked for our Bengals, but, um, you know, looking back, that was still a really cool experience. I mean, that's like about as big of a sporting event as you can have the privilege yeah. of going to if as just like a regular citizen, you know? I mean, like, it's not real sports fans going to a Super Bowl. That's, yeah, um, we talked a lot about that. So, like, that, a conference yeah. championship is, like, you know. The top notch. Let alone conference championship at Arrowhead with our team yeah. playing in it. I mean, it was it was a cool experience. Didn't go the way that we wanted, but glad we made the trip. Cool story. Yeah. So. I think we were all kind of talking about that, too. When we were sitting there right before we went in, I think I asked the question of like to everybody standing there, I'm like, is this the biggest sporting event that everyone has been to? And I think we all were like, yeah, I can't think of anything else. Yeah. I've been, I mean, yeah. I've been fortunate enough to go to some, some big ones for sure. Yeah. But, um, like Ohio yeah, State I mean, I was games, looking back. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I've been spoiled, silly, you know, going to some great Ohio State games. Well, you didn't life, go to a, you haven't gone to any Ohio State playoff games, have you? Nope. That's okay. That's, I thought that's you had. next on the agenda for yeah, sure. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the one I sent this to you, and I'm curious what you think. I guess I said okay. Yeah, specifically, was this Bengals team this year? And I think this. It's, let's be honest. Like with the way the cap's gonna happen, they're gonna have to pay Joe this off season. I think that's another question that I'm curious if you have an answer to, but. Was this the best Cincinnati sports team that you and I have had in our lifetime? Yeah, so you texted me this a few hours ago, so I had a little bit of time to think on it. And honestly, when it comes to number one, I didn't have to think hard at all. It was this Bengals team. Yeah. Um, the I mean, only, what, the so only... what, did, what did they end up winning playoffs included? Was it 11 in a row going into Arrowhead? Yeah. I think it was 11. Maybe. 11 or maybe even 12. Yeah, um, I don't know. Regardless, um, I don't. I don't know if any Bengals team has done that. I never saw a stat on that, like longest win streak in franchise history. But that certainly had never happened in our lifetime. What was um, the Dalton? we started eight zero under Andy once, yeah, but that, that was... team was like everyone knew good. it was fluky. Yeah. We didn't have a tough schedule. Yeah, in the first half. They they were good for sure. But yeah, um, but yeah, this Bengals team is definitely number one. 
Um, number two, if we're talking Cincinnati holistically, last year's Bengals team. I was like, and I don't really remember this enough because it was freshman year of high school, but I was just thinking the only argument would be 2012 Reds. That was that was going to be my number three. And we're just talking our lifetime, right? I mean, yeah, if, yeah, if we're going way back, I mean, the answer would so clearly be Big Red Machine. Yeah, for sure. Reds, 75 and 76. But yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I would think it would be Bengals team this year, last year's Bengals team, and then 2012 Reds. Because that team won 97 games, I think. Yeah, um, had an MVP. Yep. Right? He won. No, it wasn't that year. Votto won 2010, I think. Mm, yeah, you're right. But I think he got he got fucked out of 2012. Yeah, he got screwed twice in the yeah. MVP voting, I want to say. Like, came in second or third twice. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that would be my top three. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even last year, though, like, I hate to be that, like, it was fluky. But there was still, there was a lot of 50-50 games, which that's the NFL. Mm-hmm. It always is. There's going to be... It's figuring out how to win close games is, like, the reason that you're going to be good. Yeah. But, I mean, the O-line wasn't good. I guess uh, you had nor, pointed nor, out... Nor was it this year, but... No. I mean, it, like, the middle of the season... A lot of it was, was out of out of their control, average. though. Yeah, they, I mean, yeah. they were, like, fine when yeah. they were starting to, starting to play together and everything, but... but yeah, I mean... Wide receiving core is the best in the NFL. I don't yeah. think I think a lot of people agree with that. I think from top easy, to bottom. If you're evaluating last year's team versus this year's team, like a, a question that I asked myself earlier was like, would last year's Bengals team have gone into Buffalo and dominated no. the Bills like that? Like elements aside. Yeah. Um no, I mean this team was I, I thought head and shoulders better than last year's team. Um yeah. last year's team just got one or two more breaks that this year's team didn't. And that's the that's difference, of, you yeah. Know, that's yeah, yeah. I think goes. that's kind of like when we were saying it all off season was like we're just not going to have the injury luck that we had last no. year. And I wouldn't say we had the worst possible injury luck, but it wasn't great. It yeah. I mean, we lost Jamar and Tyler Boyd and T Higgins all at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Mixon was out two games, which I don't think ended up mattering Ooh, at all. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that. Actually, doesn't even get. I Six, forget about what, that. What sixty percent of the online? Yeah, I mean, so yeah, it was pretty bad, but I think that's fair. Um, but yeah, on top of that, so what? Mahomes is the highest paid quarterback right now, right? He's making fifty yep. a year, He's fifty for ten years. Mm-hmm. How much do you think we get, Joe? And it's it's weird. NFL cap is so weird because I, I I think his cap hit is like backloaded, so the Chiefs won't really feel the the pain of the Mahomes contract until 2024 I think oh um like he's still a significant hit now but it gets like really bad in two years I so think. when they say 10 years 500 million dollars it's never divided evenly no 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 no. <clears throat> no I just don't get like it's all it's all it's all too confusing, honestly. That's like um, what's happening to the Rams. Like no one's gonna fucking want to be the coach of the Rams for the next five years, right? Because they're all they're fucked. Well, you know, I thought that about the Broncos, but they just got Sean Payton today. Yeah, that's true. They did. They're locked in with Russ, and Russ stunk like shit. Russell Wilson was bad. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that's like a Sean. Sean Payton's a defensive coach, though, isn't he? Or is he an offensive? Coach? He's an offensive guy. Okay, <clears throat> I guess that could be one of those things where Sean Payton's like, I can fix this. Yeah, but, but they, I mean, they also have no cap space or draft capital because they just traded yeah. a first and a second to get Sean Payton today. Oh my god! So they're out of they're out of draft picks for what? Because the they because all their other draft picks they traded for Russell Wilson. So Which, it's like, you can't even trade. Isn't there some rule? This might be the NBA, but you can't even trade draft picks that are more than like three or four years out, right? Uh yeah, I don't know. It, it, there's something like that. Yeah. I don't know how many years it is. But. Because it's kind of. I think they put that in place because GMs would just do that and be like, yeah. "Well, I'm not gonna fucking probably be here it's, in five yeah, years, so exactly. it doesn't matter." But yeah, I mean, I think obviously, I think Joe's gonna be the highest paid. Which I don't know how you conclude that, but like highest paid per year, highest mm-hmm. paid in total. But yeah, I mean, I think he's gonna get, in my estimation. A little bit more than Patty Mahomes. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to get into like details of a potential contract because I don't know enough about that stuff to talk about it. No, and nobody listening probably cares enough about that. <laughs> True. One thing I'll add though is like anybody who and you you see this narrative of, well, the Bengals aren't going to pay Joe Burrow. Well, that's just they're the Bengals. They're cheap. It's like, what? Look back in their history. They made Carson Palmer the highest paid 
player in league history at the time. Was that true? Yes. Yeah, he had a record-setting deal. That um, was Andy, his ex- Dalt- Andy Dalton. They extended, and yeah. I don't think he was necessarily like the highest-paid quarterback in the league, but they gave him a multi-year extension that yeah. he was happy to sign. Like the Bengals, there's yeah. nowhere in our history have we had a great quarterback that we were just like, well, I guess we gotta let him walk. We don't have the funds. What quarterbacks don't get paid in the NFL? Yeah. Kirk Cousins has gotten paid. Like, even the one, they still talk about this, and I am not high on him. Granted, I don't watch a lot of his games, but, like, Daniel Jones didn't get his extension. Mm-hmm. And people are still kind of like, hmm, that seems kind of crazy that they didn't pay him. It's like, I mean, I wouldn't have. Yeah. But I that the fact that it's still an argument is like, dude, guys just get paid. If you have a guy that you think is going to be a starter for the next three or four years, you pay them. Yeah. It's just like... It's like paying your electric bill. You just pay your quarterback. Yeah. I don't want to go too too off on a tangent there, but yeah. um, I just wanted to, to comment on that because I think that narrative is just so silly. There's a lot of dumb narratives out there about the Bengals. That one is is up up at the top for me. No, that's fair. Um, but yeah, <laughs> the other thing I sent you too was, which I feel like I do, because I don't sports gamble, but I do a good job of trying to just understand and like get into the brains of people that do do this all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Which I know, didn't you say you lost like a fuckload of money this weekend, right? No, I didn't did come you, out that you bad. You hit some like I made I made good money on the Eagles game, and I had a lot of player props out there that did pretty well. So I was a little bit in the red, but it was not bad at all. Yeah, yeah, not nearly as bad as I thought it was coming out of the Bengals. That's game. I, I, thought, I obviously yeah. had a good amount invested on the Bengals. Yeah, um, to so win that, and probably a lot of props too, right? Yeah, and I actually, I mean, a lot of the props hit, but yeah, that's fair. But, but no, I think the one thing I don't sports gamble mostly because my thought process is like, a, I'm not like a generally lucky guy. Not to say it's all luck, but like in general, I would lose a good amount of money. I'd probably the, get pretty the luck. The to luck it. over time, it all evens out. Though. Yeah, that's like fair. there's you have so many. Yeah, you have a lot of bad beats in gambling, and those are the ones that everyone likes to you know bitch and moan about. Yeah. Those are the ones you'll hear about. Yeah, for every for every bad beat, you have a good beat. Too. The high. Yeah, it's like being in fucking sales. You'll have a backdoor cover here or there <laughs> on a bet that you think is dead, and they'll you know garbage time. Someone will hit a late three or something to you yeah. know cover the spread. Like you'll get those, and people are real quiet about those. Yeah, because you sweat it out and you're not happy about yeah. it. And, 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 and like you probably shouldn't have won that bet, and then and then it yeah. hits on some luck, and you're like, God damn, I'm sharp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fucking genius. Let me put another couple yeah. units on but, the next. But game. then, but then when it's the flip side, when you have a bet that you're on the right side of, and something breaks bad for you at the end of the game, and you end up losing, then you're like. Well, damn! I know I was on the right side of that. I, was I right. just got screwed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what you tell yourself to kind of. That's fair. I mean, that's what I think. Like, I just know my addictive personality would be, and I think too, I am one of those people that, and we all can admit this to some extent. We're like, when everybody rushes super fast into a fad, mm. every now and then you're like. Yeah, I'm gonna go against the grain just to be annoying. Which yeah. I think I did originally. This is probably a good one to do that with. Yes, a good trend to which do that with. I think we're gonna discuss, but start off first with the fact that you started gambling like way before it was legal. Mm-hmm. I mean, even any state legal. I say, started right? freshman year of college. Okay, yeah. just Bavada or did you have Bavada? Like, you've had a book year too. I right? originally started on Bavada, which is what you'd call an offshore account. Yeah. Um, so that one is technically not legal. They don't have an app or anything yeah. like that. You just go bet through their website. Um, and I've had probably been on two, maybe three different books. So like friend of a friend running a book that I got referred into. Can you explain that? Really briefly for people that don't understand gambling. Yeah, so and I, I I wouldn't even know where to begin in terms of uh, launching a book or how you start that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but basically, if you have a network of, of friends or people that you know that you know would like to gamble, you can set up and say, I'm going to become a bookie. Um, have them run, run all their bets through a certain website of your choosing. There's a lot of different ones out there. Um, all fairly sketchy, I would say, for the okay. most part. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you pretty much, every book that I've been on, they, they run their business through Venmo, essentially. So Wait, what's the point of running it through a book online? 
Wait, can't they just? Or is that where they're getting their lines yeah, from? That's what. Well, yeah, because if they were if they weren't doing it online, they're setting their own lines. They're, that's what I thought. They're was manually taking bets. Well, that's how it was back in the day when the mob was running all that stuff. Okay. But now it's a lot easier. You know, you set up a book of business on a certain website. Okay. All the lines are there. Your people go, and then you can check throughout the day, throughout the week, see who's placing what bet, who's up, who's down, and then you recoup your wins or losses at the end of the week. Good way to make money for college. I know kids in college that you know, did pretty well running their Because, own yeah, usually you got, there's a few people in there that are losing their ass. Too, For sure. Right? And there's a lot of variance, too. I mean, just like being a, a sports better, you're going to have bad weeks, too. Yeah. But, yeah, being a bookie, like, long-term, pretty darn profitable okay. for the most part. But it's just a lot of work, and it's a headache, and it's also illegal. So it's like one of those things that I was like, I don't really have any interest in getting into that. It just seems yeah. like a lot to manage. Um, and then when it hits you, something happens and shit hits the fan, then you're like, Jesus Christ, why the fuck am I doing this? This is so stupid. Yeah. yeah. So that that never crossed my mind as an option for me. But. Which I guess to that point too, I also just wanted to mention this. The one thing I do like about sports gambling, and I will, I'll talk about it. Like I'm always interested in like, what's the line set at? What's the over-under is... Because, like, as sports fans, we all pay attention to, like, rankings, power rankings, whether it's, like, you know, analysts talking about it or, like, AP, rankings in college sports, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. The one thing I love about sports gambling is they're fucking right on it all the time. Yeah. Of, like, in terms of they know injuries, mm-hmm. they know everything about, you know, if a team's at home, if they're on the road, what the weather is going to be like at all times. Like, think about what was, what did the line end up being at this weekend? Two and a half or two? Two. It ended up at three. They barely covered mm-hmm. like right there. It's always, it's not always usually right there, but for God's sakes, they're fucking sharp. Yeah. Damn near all the time. Yeah. They know what's going to happen for the most part. Yeah. I mean, they're dialed in, um, you know, the markets are so like efficient with that. Yeah. Um, and anytime that there's the funny thing about sports betting too, and this is probably the same goes in the real world with like stocks, investments, things yeah. like that. But anytime a book puts up a line that, seems fishy or is off all these like sharp betters quote unquote sharp betters which anyone who's like new to it that's just like the pros like the guys who live in vegas like earn their living sports betting they have their own algorithms and systems that they're using so they set their own numbers for these games and a lot of times they're all in alignment with one another for the most part okay so um i mean like a great example is this weekend Bengals and eagles cheat or excuse me Bengals and chiefs um, Chiefs opened as three-point favorites over the Bengals, even with Mahomes being injured. Within about eight hours, all the sharp bettors had snatched up those bets on the Bengals at plus money and moved the line. So that is what forced the Bengals to become like two, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Maybe. So it is like the stock market. It corrects itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, that makes sense because I guess... Yeah. But that's also what makes it hard is that, yeah, these books are sewed out in to begin with. And then when they release their lines if they are off on any of these games there's bigger fish out there that know a whole lot more than than the casual better does and has access to way more data points that will snatch those up and make it so that they're pretty much gone unless you're on that game right away okay so it is it's about time to value i don't know what's the right way to describe that yeah which is it's something that i have really prioritized as a better this year is in my opinion, the three most important letters in sports betting is CLV, closing line value. And what that means is like, if you place, say, the game this weekend, if I would have placed a bet when the Bengals were, um, or excuse me, if I would have placed a bet when the Chiefs were two and a half point underdogs, well, that line ended up closing with the Chiefs as two point favorites. So I would have been receiving closing line value there because I... The line that I got was about four or four and a half points better than what it closed at. Okay. So that's what you're really seeking out because that tells you that, hey, I got in early. I got good value here. It's obviously no guarantee that that bet will hit. Yeah. But anytime you head into a game and you got that bet placed early and you got a better number than what that line closed at, you feel so much better. You're like, I I got in early and a lot of the big money betters are like aligned with me on this, whether intentional or not helps you feel pretty confident going into a game. I guess the other question with that too is as often as you do this and we keep talking, keep bringing up the Bengals Chiefs game, 
That's like an anomaly for how much that moved, right? Yeah, that was a weird one just because like, of the, the, the Mahomes injury. Yeah, like how often does that happen? I guess you're pretty... Ha- not like that. Okay. Yeah, not like that. You'll usually see numbers shift a little. A couple points like one, maybe. two yeah, points. Yeah, one to two points typically. Especially how often does it go? I mean, obviously it's because of Mahomes' ankle, but how often is it flipping back and forth like that between who's favorited and who's not favorited? That would happen more than you think. Really? Because when the game, when a line is set that close to the zero, that close to like a pick 'em, which is a pick 'em meaning just a toss up like, for the two teams. We like, think it's just pick be the really winner straight game. up. Yeah. When it's that close, like think of it, I mean, the difference between one team being favored by two points and another team being favored by two points is pretty minimal. Yeah. Because how often is a game landing on one? Yeah, it's usually pretty rare. Two or three it's points. like. Where you'll see the big shifts is across like what's called a key number in football. Key number being like three, seven, ten, okay. fourteen, things like that. Where it's like, hey, these are like scores that a game will typically fall on. Yeah. Um, that's why a lot of spreads that you'll see in the NFL is like a team will be a minus two and a half point favorite. Yeah. Or three and a half, like it won't cross the three. Or you'll see a six and a half point favorite, things like that. Yeah, that's what I always get. So really a lot confused. of them are around those key numbers of three, seven, and ten. Okay. Whenever I see, I didn't realize that that's such a thing. But whenever I see like four and a half, I'm like, where does that come from? Like, what is that? That just yeah. seems odd. How often is a game? It's a weird, and it, it's just because of people placing bets and moving that line. Okay. So it is really just an algorithm. Yes. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. The other thing too that I've always wondered, and I don't know if you know the answer to this question. I think this is really similar to the stock market that no one has ever given me a good answer on. Is like, who is the first book that comes out and says, this is the line? Does Is there one specific one that does it no, and they all follow? Um, they it like, just kind of, it kind of depends. Um, there are ones that are, that get lines up earlier than most. Like the one that comes to mind for me is Circa. Oh, really? Um, That's, yeah. They're like new too. No, they've been around, I want to say. Oh, um, I just know that's. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Um, yeah. Circa's always up early though, but they're like, you have to go bet at the counter there. Like they don't, I don't even think they have like an app. I was going to say, I mean, that's why I said it's new. Cause that's that, they're like the brand. It's, it's like the, it's the big, like in-person books in Vegas for the most part. Like okay. you're there, like by the time lines like that will get posted to like a DraftKings or a FanDuel, like the big ones that you see commercials about that are marketed to the average Joe that you can just go and bet <laughs> on your phone, on your app. Yeah. Like. By the time lines get posted there, they've been up for a little bit, okay. which again is like why it's so hard is because by the time they get to those books, the sharps have already, the sharps been have already like, it. yeah, okay, they've already gotten those better numbers. And, they've and so at it. that point when the, when those lines are available to the casual fan, it's already like that line is dialed in right where it needs to be. Okay. So it's really hard to find value there. And that's why it's so hard being like being a sports better. You're basically like trying to outsmart an algorithm and a market of people with way more capital than you. Yeah. I think it, to that point too, it sounds like it's way more valuable to be there in Vegas. Yeah. But what's silly about that too, is if you go out in Vegas and this is like a gripe that I had, it's way harder to place bets when you're in Vegas than you it to is physically here. Do it. Yeah. It's you insane. Can't do it online. They're so behind the times with like the mobile betting and I think that's probably how the sharp guys want it. It sounds like that's yeah, yeah. It's set up like that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's intentional. Yeah. I mean, dude, again, the analogy is so real, and it sounds like it was almost set up in a similar way as to Wall Street. Yeah. It's like being on Wall well, Street. Well, they're they're both just open markets at the yeah. end of the day, like. And you have all these fucking IPOs that and this is a huge gripe of mine that I get so pissed off about is when a fucking company IPOs, it can fucking double double because. There are all these hedge funds that get to touch it way before anybody else. And if it IPOs at $40 and they're like, yeah, this is probably worth $100, i am going to buy an ass load of it and then dump it right away yeah. and make gobs of money. Yeah. That seems like the biggest corruption on the face of the, the place. Like, it's crazy. But yeah, I think the other one, too, that I wanted to talk to you about, because you've been talking about this a lot more, too, and it freaks me out. Max and I still sit here and watch... You watch anything on TV right now. now don't get me wrong. 90% of the shit that I watch on TV is sports. Mm-hmm. But the push for sports gambling yeah. is terrifying. And I think it, that's it another is. reason that I'm like, holy fuck, I got to stay away from this. Because it is, they're clearly making 
Stu- well, actually, are they making money? I don't. I mean, this is the thing that makes no sense. Yeah, because you. I mean, you look at like a FanDuel or DraftKings, like their stock price, Penn Gaming, anything like that. Yeah, it's in the shitter. Yeah, it's, it's garbage. Nothing. But like you said, I mean, their marketing budget is through the roof, trying to advertise and get new users signed up. Um, but yeah, I mean that all that has me a little bit worried just for the general public. Yeah, because. You know, sports betting before was not that accessible. It was like, if you're getting into sports betting, it's probably because, like, you're really seeking it out. And, yeah. like, you're looking for some entertainment or, you know, a yeah. challenge, whatever the You're watching a lot of fucking games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you and that, And that's the whole reason I got into it. I, in high school and stuff, like, it had never even, like, occurred to me to, like, get into something like that. And then I got to college... And I think, like, maybe just a guy that lived in my dorm that was, like, a year older than me, he was talking about how he had an account. And it kind of crossed my mind. I was like, damn. I mean, I spend the majority of my time <laughs> watching football and basketball. Like, I know yeah. I know these rosters on a lot of these teams, like, inside and out. You know, I'm super plugged into Especially the news more, and injuries. As you went to college, the more you start talking to people about mm-hmm. it, you're like, oh, I do know a lot more than most people. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, I pay more attention exactly. to Exactly. And so, in my head, I was like, well, yeah, I know a lot of shit about football and basketball. I bet I could be good at this. Um, I quickly found out my first couple of years sports betting. I wasn't good at it at all. <laughs> but it really didn't come back to bite me that much because I got into it my freshman year of college when I probably had $2,000 in my bank account. Yeah. So I'm putting down $5, $10 on games. You yeah. Know, like, and it, it's all about betting within your means, obviously, but it kind of helped me to cut my teeth in the sports betting world and like get my feet under me at a time in my life where like I didn't have any money. Because I, I wasn't, you know, risking a ton yeah, on these games. That's when you fucked up. Yeah. Like, instead of the people now. Dude, I mean... Because like, back then, I was a... I mean, I was God. a major, major square. Okay. You know? Square, meaning, you know, I already said sharp is, you know, the Smart. guys who are... The, yeah, the big sharks in the water that, that are throwing down thousands and thousands on these games. Square being just your your average, everyday, public better. Um that yeah. season number, they don't really look any further into it. They're like, oh, that team's better than that team. I'm just gonna yeah pick that pick them regardless of what the number is. Um, is there something to be said that just fucking hammering favorites all the time? Do people? Do yeah, that? it's how you lose. Really? Yeah, it's how you lose. You, just hammering money line favorites, especially in the NFL. Yeah, especially in the NFL. Huh. This year and last year, um, yeah. I mean, if you just put a hundred bucks on the money line for every underdog. Long term, you would have been profitable. Huh. Well, yeah, I guess not every sure. year. I'm sure, but this year, yeah, I saw, I saw data on that. Mathematically speaking, I guess because you do get fucked way more when you lose. Well, because think about it too. Like if I, how I just mentioned, like a, a square better, like they'll typically look at a look at a line and say, okay, it's team A versus team B. Um, I think because I've watched some of these games that team B is better. In fact, I know team B is better, so I'm just gonna blindly bet on team B regardless of what the spread is. And that's why a big saying in sports betting is bet numbers, not teams. Okay. That's, uh, yeah. I never and a lot that. of times that's why like you'll see the favorites, the favorites in these games will get a, a big percent of the bets placed yeah. on them because people are just like, I don't care what the number is. I think this team is better. So I'm putting my money there. Yeah. yeah and yeah, it doesn't yeah. always pan out that way. Which I guess follow up question to that. Do you mean, are we talking spreads here, or are we just talking money lines? Spreads. No, very few people bet, like, just straight money lines. Okay, I guess. Because really... there's so, you have to put down so much to make your money back on, yeah. on a lot of these games. I guess that was kind of my initial question, is like, I mean, what's the point of just, like, would it be that bad to just be like, fuck it, I'm just going to bet money line favorites all the time. It would be that bad. Because yeah. you're going to lose your ass. And if I heard of one of my friends doing that, I would ridicule them and make fun of them. <laughs> Fair enough. This is why I don't Because that gamble. is just a ridiculous way to, to gamble. Yeah. All right. Fair. But no, yeah, that's... I mean, dude, the more and more, especially being in Illinois, I know, obviously, now with Ohio being legal, you hear everybody that lives back there... Just throwing down chunks of money. Oh yeah, I mean we all we all know people <coughs> from high you know 
from high school or have heard through the grapevine of like it's been legal in Ohio for a month. And it's been- I've heard of multiple people that I know that are just throwing down hundreds of dollars on these games blindly, and it's just because it's the new thing yeah. for them. But I mean, call a spade a spade. Gambling is super addictive for a lot of people. Yeah, um, it's very easy to fall into that trap. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you don't know what you're doing, because there's so much out there to learn about sports betting in general that a lot of people don't know. Like I, I know so much more about just numbers and how the markets work and everything now than I did when I started. Yeah, There's just so much more information out there that it's like one of those things where like when you're first getting into it, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And like the people out there, the big sharks that are throwing down all this money, like they have so much access to so much more information than you. It's yeah. easy for them. Yeah, that makes sense. No, I'm curious to see what happens. I think just in general, like you talk about our generation that can't afford homes. We can't fucking get loans. I mean, right now, obviously, is a whole thing. But then just on top of the fact that there's going to be so many stories of like, damn, man, you've been making how much money and you just don't have cash? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then they're going to be you like... find out that they're gambling. <laughs> I gamble and I don't track anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's a big thing, too. I, I will give a plug here. Yeah, you if you're getting into if you're getting into sports betting and you're listening to this, go download the Action Network app or a similar a similar app on your phone. It will sync to certain sports books and allow you to track your transactions and your bets over time. So you can see like going back to when you first started, your net gains or losses. Um, the fact of the matter is a lot of people don't want to see that because they don't want to face like the hard truth. It's the same concept as like waking up after a weekend where, you know, maybe you don't have a bender out and like, I'm not going to look at my card statement. Yeah. It's like that to the max with <clears throat> sports betting. But like you need to stay on top of that stuff to make sure that that type of thing isn't getting out of hand. Yeah, too. That's a really good point, too. I do that extensively i don't ever look at my credit card like if i see bars i'm yeah. like i don't want to know yeah. i don't want to know because <laughs> i know it's bad yeah but i probably should start doing that yeah all in all actually that was helpful for me too like i don't know all that shit and i know you are like like you said super dialed in which is it's interesting and i think we have a lot of ohio listeners who probably need to hear something yeah. yeah um cool well last thing before the unanswerable any other ideas for the pod? What was the one you said? I think it might have been a recording. I don't know. What were other we talking idea? about? Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. It was more so just like a, I think I mentioned this in the car on the way down to Kansas City. Um, oh. What prompted me to think of this idea was because I went and so I, I I'm a, I'm a big movie guy as well. Yeah. Um, I am notorious for going to the movies alone. I love I love I love just. Pulling up at the movies needs to be the norm. Well, there's yeah. no point in going. Yeah, to the movies and it, it's becoming more and more normal. Like, yeah, I went to a movie on Thursday, I think last week. Uh, this new Gerard Butler movie, Plane. Which, if you, if anybody knows Gerard Butler, he's like the Angel Has Fallen, Olympus Has Fallen, Greenland. The, he's that guy where it's like he's he's a one trick pony, like Liam Neeson esque, where all of his movies are just like these way over the top action movies with either no plot or. <laughs> A million plot holes. Yeah. Um, and I, I figured that going in. I went into the movie, and that was exactly what it turned out to be, and I left the movie 100% satisfied. I was like, that was great. So in my head, and I brought this up to you on our car ride down, a great podcast discussion, maybe put a, an earmark on this for a future episode, would be just get a couple people, shoot the shit, maybe either do like a snake draft or just an open forum discussion about sick movies <laughs> I love and when, how you worded and, that too you're just like dude we just want to do sick movies <laughs> and when I say sick like this is my criteria like obviously it has to be action yeah has to be action but also I think the criteria should be couldn't it it cannot have been nominated for an academy award that just so it can't be acclaimed. it can't be a critically acclaimed yeah action movie because those are the ones that like you know, you want to you wanna pop a gummy in and just sit there and, like, not have to follow the plot that well. But, like, oh, my God, look at those explosions. Yeah. Like, the flashing lights. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be an interesting discussion because 
that is probably my favorite genre of movie. Definitely. Um, and I can think of about 40 or 50 off the top of my head. That this, I don't think this, this doesn't need to be a snake draft. This could just be you sitting in front of your list of a laptop. <laughs> just, yeah, just, just... Re- reading <laughs> titles of movies that I are mean, sick. And then you get done and be like, well, that could have just been a tweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I do agree. There's so many like, not even that they're bad movies. It's like. That they just like because obviously all critically acclaimed movies are like they want they want storyline they want plot they want character development yeah. these don't have that we just yeah. want to see cool shit. or they have a little bit of it and then yeah. the, and then the movie ends and like People the main all... conflict is resolved but there's a lot of loose ends yeah. that aren't tied at the end um, but it's fine because we it's were fine because we were stoned on a couch yeah like, it was cool yeah. like <laughs> you know what you're getting into when you yes. go into a movie like that um, we need to be. and those are always fun and and let's be honest. A lot of if you look back at the history of like a lot of the movies that have won Best Picture or are nominated for some of these awards like at the Oscars, objectively just boring movies. No, I agree. Yeah, there's definitely there's exceptions to that for sure. Like there are some movies that are are critically acclaimed and very highly regarded by yeah by uh, the audience. But it's always funny to me and a great barometer for a good movie or a movie that I would like is if you go to the uh, Rotten Tomatoes or the IMDb. And the audience and the critic score will be like a twenty out of a hundred, and but the, the audience, audience score is in like the really 80s. High. And I'm yeah. like, I'm gonna love this movie. Yeah, no, I even said that about what was the most recent movie that I went and saw, or I I told Max to watch it. Oh, it was the Ni- the new Knives Out movie. Yeah, people I were, loved it. People were kind of shitting on that, and I like Max was getting ready to watch it, and I came home and I went, just watch the movie. Don't yeah. be annoying. Yeah. Just enjoy the movie. And he got done. He was like, just enjoy That's it for what really, it was. Yeah, it was yeah. really fun. It was just a fun movie. And that was one, like, like people just love to bitch and yeah. hate on anything. Come on. Like, it's, a, it's a fun mystery movie. Yeah. Just sit down for two hours and watch the damn movie. The irony, and, too, of, like, all of the critical people for that movie were saying it was stupid. And at the end of the movie, Daniel Craig, the character, was talking about how dumb the whole thing yeah. was. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, what, like, going into that movie, did you expect... To come yeah. out as a as an audience member fundamentally changed in your life. Like, did you think it was gonna it's be a, a life a life changing experience? Yeah, it is not even a studio movie. Yeah. It's a Netflix it's streaming film. Fun, like man. just go sit down and watch yes. it and be I done agree. With it. That dude, and that's like one of my favorite things in the world now, like getting older is when you and I just have our like stoner Fridays where mm-hmm. we just get snacks, get super high no hangover, and we just <laughs> watch a movie and we don't talk at all and we get done and we're like Sick. I'm that was home. a sick movie. <laughs> <laughs> now, like, All's Quiet on the Western Front, that was probably one of the more recent ones we did. That was actually, like, a dope movie. Yeah, like, it was. All in but all. That, so that one, that one wouldn't count for our list yes, because it agreed. is critically acclaimed. Yes. Big Great. time anti-war war movie, which yeah. is kind of a conundrum. You don't see that because... It's a really good point. At least 90% of war movies that are out there are glorifying war Yeah, at its core. Um, yeah, that's true. Don't want to get into the ethics of that whatsoever. <laughs> we'll just tiptoe around that. This one was very clearly like, hey, war is shitty. Like, yeah. And I can't think of a worse one than World War One. I. I mean, that just looked no, terrible. I was obsessed. After we watched that, I've watched like three other World War One movies because I'm just like so fascinated yeah. with the 1918, concept. great one. That was the one that I, one. I watched right after. Dude, the idea of trench warfare to me was just like, who thought this Insane. was a good idea? Yeah. This is fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like insane I mean I guess all they had was fucking muskets and but they were using gas and shit dude I mean if I, if I was in those trenches I, I would have killed myself first, so dude, fast first day out there I'm just sticking my head up over the trench and waiting <laughs> yeah like just get me the hell out of here do it shot to the dome please like, yeah oh that, my god I, I can think of nothing worse than what that must have been like yeah alright we, we've been going long but this is good this means it was a good discussion okay so we'll do the unanswerable question, but really first, first question, doors or wheels? You know, I haven't thought too much about it, Oh my God. but my first, indi- like my first impression would be doors. Okay. You're wrong. <laughs> Is that? No, it's, I mean, people are 50, 50 there, split on yeah. it. I'm, I'm wheels, but I this is a conversation yeah it would literally go on for days i think doors as it it's actually gone on for months yeah i think it was march of 2022 that that i mean that's posted. been on our whiteboard at work for yeah a year. i posted that yeah, yeah. <laughs> um okay this one is good and this is sort of on the subject of what we've been talking about but 
So I'll give my answer maybe first if it takes you a little bit to think about it. But what's the hardest sport to be great at? Meaning, I think there's three categories of being great at a sport is you have athleticism, you have talent, so like actually working at being good at the skill, and then you also have effort. So out of all of the sports, and you know, you can throw out some fucking crazy ones, but let's just stick to like the big four. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the hardest sport to be great at? To be great at. Wow. Um, or to even, like, you could say, like, to master. I mean, master yeah. is... It's, it's hard. So, hardest sport... I'm going to tweak this a little bit and go yeah. back to your original question. Hardest sport to play, for me, I think, like, just looking at... I think major we sports, agree on this. It's got to be hockey. Ooh. I think it's hockey or baseball. But okay. I'm, I lean baseball. I lean hockey. Hockey's crazy. Hitting play. hitting a ball in baseball is maybe the, the most difficult act in sports. Yes. But think about like the other half of baseball, you're just standing there. Yeah. No, I agree. Hockey, you are... You're ice skating. You're ice skating. <laughs> that is insane. I can't ice skate for shit. Like, I Let would alone consider... like do all the puck handling. and Yeah. And it's so physical. Like you're you're smoking dudes over the middle they and kick each other's ass. Yeah, yeah. You're allowed to fight. The I goalies, can't fight. The goalies are the size of the goal. Yeah. The windows that they have to put the fucking puck into are mm-hmm. crazy. So, I'm gonna go. I think this will be a pretty like unexpected answer here. If you say football, I hate no, you. no, 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 no. Okay. I think hockey would be the hardest to play. Like that's the one where I watch it. and I'm just like truly mind blown that these guys yeah. are. are able to do what they're able to do on the ice. I think the hard, hardest sport to be great at and like truly master it it might be golf. Okay, so that's yeah, I wasn't thinking golf, but yeah. Cuz it's mentally so fucking too. There's a lot of really good golfers, but to be like truly great, the mental aspect, there's also like I mean, when you talk about like swing mechanics, there are one million different things you can do wrong in a swing yeah. and hitting a ball. Um, yeah. And, and and just like the, the competition aspect of it, like the pros, you are by yourself playing against a hundred other guys in these tournaments. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's not a team sport unless you consider, I mean, the caddy relationship obviously helps, but like, I don't know, man, that, that might not be a popular take, but um, I think the, the that might be the hardest sport to become like, truly great at like what i mean what tiger has done is insane when he was at yeah. his prime like there's some crazy stat i think there was a stretch of it was like 18 months i want to say so about a year and a half in the early 2000s i think tar- tiger started and i could be getting the numbers wrong but like the the ratios is correct he started in a, maybe like 36 tournaments or something like that and he won 18 of them that's absurd and you're going against a hundred plus guys yeah. every time. It's not well, it's not mono e mono. No, it's like no, not at all. Different. I mean, yeah, the, like those guys like are a different breed. And it's just like, I mean, think about coming down eighteen at Augusta National and the Masters and you know, trying right, to get up and down for par to win the tournament. I mean, like, the mental like strength of those guys is crazy to me yeah i think honestly most of your arguments for why it's golf is pretty much my same arguments for baseball because of the mental aspect because you're and honestly i think it's even more so because you're sitting around just thinking all the time it's not so just like what's the word i'm looking for like it's not instincts as much as like a lot of this is why i think i'm such a hater of football because i think football is the hardest sport to upset a team at if you're bigger faster stronger you cannot beat the other. You yeah. cannot lose. Yeah, yeah. Like, scheme... The NFL is different because they are so, like... Mm-hmm. They're all pretty fucking good. They're all big, fast, and strong. Mm-hmm. But, like, in general, you watch, like, a college football game against, like, an FCS school versus, you know, a D1 school. Yeah. It's just... They're faster. Yeah, and, and football athleticism masks a lot of, Everything. like, technique flaws yes. and, and things. Versus baseball, you always see, like... A lot of times, like, college teams will scrimmage pro teams and like, spring training and stuff. Yeah, and, like... It's not uncommon for college teams to like catch a pro team on a bad day and just beat them. Just crazy Which, shit. Which like can that happen. would just not happen in football. Though. No, I mean Georgia. Georgia is obviously insane. If they played the Houston Texans a hundred times, the Texans would be, I don't know, 
28, 35-point favorites, probably. <laughs> yeah. It is it is crazy to think about, like, how... Yeah, it's just a completely different... And basketball is another one, too, that I do think there's a lot more skill in basketball. It's important mm-hmm. than football. But still, basketball is, like... I mean, you think about, like, playing high school basketball. Like, when dudes were just taller and more athletic than you, you were just like, yeah. well, fuck, man. I mean, athleticism like, will mask a lot of a lot of flaws in sports like that. That's kind of why I went the golf route. Because, yeah. like, you don't need to be necessarily no. athletic in golf. You just have to be so, like, honed in and such a master of your craft and yeah. so mentally tough. Um, I To me, that sounds like it would be really hard to, to get great at. Yeah. I'd love to hear someone's take. I don't know a ton of people that played hockey. Actually, one guy, Danny, that I worked with, he played hockey in college. I'd love to get his perspective of, like, that's just one of those sports that, like, you have to start skating when you're, like, five or below. Like, if you don't know how to skate by the time you're, like, playing really competitive hockey, like, you're fucked. Yeah. You gotta know how to use a stick. It's There's so much more going on than any yeah. other, like, sport. And shout out to hockey parents, too. I, Dude, I know a couple so people expensive. that played hockey. It's so expensive. Also, like, it's, like so, it's so hard to get ice time yeah. in a lot of places. So, like, a lot of times, like, Kids will be practicing at five in the morning or like oh eleven God, at night. Yeah. Like I mean, it's it's crazy. My I, all this is to say, if, if I have children one day, they won't be playing hockey. Yeah, I, 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 I don't want to commit to to that. Dude, that was one thing actually where we grew up like pretty close to Oxford, Miami. Just like a lot of Talawana kids were into hockey, and I remember mm-hmm. my next door neighbor Tanner playing pretty much like from sixth grade all through high school. Dude, he his parents fucking hated that shit. Yeah, I bet. Like they were so over it. I remember like multiple times them just being like, Tanner, why can't you just fucking play baseball like yeah. Andrew does? Like yeah. <laughs> No, you're wrong. Baseball's not cheap either. Like we were traveling oh, and shit yeah. too, but No, no youth sport is cheap. No. Nowadays. It's crazy. Honestly, but, yeah, basketball probably is one of the cheaper ones. And we were I mean, while we're on the topic of like getting great at at a certain sport, we kind of talked about this briefly again in the car. Probably should have just recorded a whole podcast in the car on the way down to Kansas City. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were like, we were cooking. But, um, <laughs> cooking with gas. But we talked about, we talked briefly about um, hardest position in sports. Oh, yeah. So zeroing in on that, I think undoubtedly 1-1 one, one is quarterback. I think it's, yeah. hard, it's hard to even argue that. It's such an easy answer, but it is probably the right yeah. answer. Um, and for me, number two is hockey goalie. Yeah, you said that. I don't... I don't know anything about being a hockey goalie. I don't like, I don't but think about like conceptually how hard that must be to stand and goal like that. You got slap shots coming at you at about, I think typical slap shot is like anywhere from like 80 to 100 miles an hour. Yeah. Um, and unlike being a catcher in baseball where you have an unobstructed view of the, and you know what pitch is coming and where it's coming. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. You... In hockey, you don't know where the where the shit's coming from. You also have guys, guys that are in way. front of you, like purposely trying to block your view or yeah. and or deflect the puck. Don't a lot of goals come off of like deflections, deflections yeah. and rebounds. So you got all that going on, all those variables, and let's not forget, you're on fucking ice skates. You're on ice, dude. Aren't like, they? They're like similar to O linemen, where they're like enormous, but they're super flexible. No, 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 no. They're, they're skinny as oh, hell. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, because they just they have to be so. Well, think about it. like it's pretty enormous. It's hard to be that flexible. Well, Hockey no, goalies yeah. are normally like they're built like Gumby. Like they're like super wiry. Like normally like yeah. pretty tall, but like super lanky. And because I mean they're like constantly dropping into splits and yeah, that's you know, all sorts of weird stuff. Like they can contort their bodies all different which ways. Like I don't know. To me, that sounds so hard. Yeah, but I will counter argument really quick. I met a couple of dudes that played when I went to this gym out in Naperville. They played on like the uh, North Central College team for football. They were both O linemen. enormous human beings. And I remember them like doing warm ups, and these motherfuckers' hips. I was sitting there like, bro, I weigh like 250 pounds less than you, and I could do yoga eight hours a day, and I'd never be able to do that. Like, the shit that they can do, I think it's more so just like the motions and shit that they have to get into. It's probably really specific, too, but to your point, like, hockey goalies are freaks. Yeah. Hockey goalies, I mean, we talk about this one. I don't even, yes, it's like a really hard position to play, but it's more so that you're just like fucked by the rules is like corner 
corner. Yeah, that that was what I, crazy. when we were talking about this the other day. That's what I put at number three for. Yeah, corner in the NFL, crazy. when every rule is rigged against you, yeah, you're, you're on an island against probably the deepest outside of quarterback. Maybe you're you're lining up every play against the deepest position group in the league. Yeah, especially like yeah. wide receiver has the most talent across the board. It's the deepest. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like most corners too end up being corners because they're either like undersized or they yeah. just don't have good like. To me, it's like, why would you want to sign up for that? Yeah. Or or and that's also why a lot of corners have that like love talking shit and stuff because like you kind of have to be wired different to be yeah. a corner. That is such a hard position to play. Like you got to be confident enough that you're yeah. gonna like. You got to get over the fact that you're gonna give up probably 14 catches. It's gonna be the one time that you fucking like yeah. you take care of business. 14. Yeah, that is uh, not an easy, not an easy one at all. No, that was a good discussion though. That could, that could go on for fucking days. Mm-hmm. I had that one. I had that one marked down for you because I was like, I think you'll have a good answer for this. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Well, thanks again for listening. Um, thanks Sheer for joining us. That was a long one. And thanks again to Max for producing. But and let me let me give a quick plug out there as uh, this is very topical with um, everything going live in Ohio uh, in January. Sports betting. If you're interested in uh, winning picks, uh, please check out Twitter at Weasel Picks. Um, we are plus one hundred and forty three point six units on the NFL this season. Let's go. Good luck finding. Uh, Someone else on Twitter with a better record than that. You I'm put, sure they're out there, but you'll have to look pretty hard. You putting down 146 units on the uh, the Eagles one the <laughs> <laughs> Just go easy. <laughs> cool. Thanks, guys. See you next week.